0: This week on the Myths and Legends podcast, it's the first part of the story of Arrow Odd, a legendary Viking warrior. You'll see why it's somehow a bad idea to steal a culture's sacred artifacts and then throw them in the river. And that if a moderately drunk Viking with a stick doesn't want to hear what you have to say, maybe just don't tell him what you have to say. On the Creature of the Week, you'll learn why it might be suspicious if gold cups float up to you the next time you're standing by the sea. This is the Myths and Legends podcast, episode 31A, Odd Man Out. This is a podcast where I tell stories from folklore. Some are incredibly popular stories you think you know, but with surprising origins. Others are stories you might not have heard, but really should. Okay, so we're back in the Icelandic sagas, and these are clearly legendary and not really historical, though they take place in actual locations. We've talked about the Viking Age, and it was from about the 8th century to the 11th century in Europe. The stories of the Volsungs and Ragnar Lothbrok took place in this time period, but as you'll quickly see, this story is told much later in the Viking Age. For Sigmund and Ragnar, sailing west and raiding was still kind of a novel thing, and so they were mainly fighting those whom they were raiding. This story is much different in that you'll quickly see that there are Vikings everywhere, and that our protagonist A man named Odd mainly fights other Vikings for the ability to raid certain places. It's a different, interesting angle. Anyway, that's enough of an intro, and we'll jump into the story. Odd hated witches. He told his foster father that he didn't want anything to do with the sorceress, he didn't care for any of that nonsense. Magic, prophecies, sacrifices to the gods, he trusted his own strength, and little else. Odd hated witches, and his foster father had invited a witch to dinner. That's why, instead of attending dinner, he had so much to drink that he had to lay down on a nearby bench. The sorceress would go to feasts, and use her second sight to tell people how they would die, and what the weather would be like the following year this part-time practitioner of the dark arts and part-time meteorologist, told Odd's foster father that he would live in honor until his old age. She told Odd's foster brother, Osmond that he wouldn't live until old age, but everyone would consider him a brave man and a great warrior. She told the prophecies of everyone else at the table and then paused. She turned to Odd's foster father, is this everyone in your household? Yes, he replied, but she just kept looking at him I think, I think, no, no, it's not everyone, he finally admitted. I see a man lying under his cloak on the bench over there, the sorceress said. She heard a groan from underneath the cloak. Shut up, Odd said. He was trying to sleep, and furthermore, if the witch said one word about him, he would smack her in the face with a stick he held in his hand. He didn't believe any of this nonsense. I'm going to speak all the same, the witch said, so you better listen. Odd tightened his grip on the stick. She said that even though Odd would roam far and wide, he would still be cremated here, because Odd was destined to be killed by his favorite horse, Faxi. That wouldn't be for some time though, Odd would wander from land to land for 300 years, be the greatest of men. Still, that black maned horse... Faxy, would be the death of him. Odd swore at the witch for making the prophecy, but she just sat there with a smug look on her face, as Odd threw off the cloak, walked over to her with a stick in hand, and did exactly what he said he would do, and smacked her across the face with it. Surprised and bloody, she gathered up her things in attendance, and left. Later that night, Odd and his foster brother, Osmond stood by Odd's favorite horse, named Faxy. They led the horse out, tied it to a tree, and dug a large pit, Odd hated the sorceress, for saying what she had said, but he couldn't know the prophecy, and not react to it, they finished, and the pit stared at them ominously, Odd went, and untied Faxi, his favorite horse, he did it with a long knife, and it was quick, he didn't want the creature to suffer, afterward, he pushed his horse into the pit, and he and his foster brother, piled boulders on the horse's body, until the sun started to rise, When they finished, there was a big mound. Odd looked at the mound and said, It seems to me I've cheated my destiny. There's no way that horse can kill me now. He and Osmond walked back home. Upon arrival, he demanded ships from his foster father. He was leaving. If it was said he would be cremated here, well, then he would never come back here. Also, he was taking Osmond with him as payback for inviting the witch to dinner. Odd hated witches, after all. Odd and Osmund left later that month, and Odd went to see his actual birth parents for the first time in his life. You see, years ago, Odd's parents had been traveling throughout Scandinavia. While on that trip, Odd's foster father had shown Odd's biological father, whose name is Grimm, great hospitality. In exchange for the warm welcome, Grimm had told his host that he could ask for anything. The man decided to go for a very big ask and wanted to become the foster father to his guest's baby that was literally hours old. Grim was stuck, having offered his host anything he wanted, and so the baby, named Odd, was left behind when his parents sadly went home. Years passed, and the biological parents apparently never came to visit, though Odd knew of their existence. When it was time for Odd to leave his foster father, he might as well go see, once and for all, the parents that he had never known. When he went home, Odd was warmly received, and his father... Grim, was proud of the boy. Also, really quickly, Grim's full name is Grim Harry Cheeks, which is really far up there for great names on this podcast. Odd learned that he had a full brother and a cousin who were about to set out on a typical Viking raid. Odd convinced his newly discovered relatives to let him come along, but as they were about to leave, Odd's father, Grim Harry Cheeks, stopped him. He said he noticed that Odd carried only a bow and a black quiver full of arrows. "'Grimm called his son into the longhouse "'and presented him with three arrows. "'These were called Gusir's gifts, "'and they were magic, "'and they flew on their own accord "'out of the bowstring and back again, "'so that Odd would never need to go searching for them, "'or really have to aim them at all. "'They were fashioned by dwarves, "'and they could pierce anything. "'Odd looked at the arrows. "'This was actually a really amazing gift, "'and it said that he and his biological father "'parted as the best of friends. "'The trio and their men made a stop in Lapland, which is northern Sweden or Finland. On that stop, Odd stayed with the ships while his brother and cousin robbed huts, and did all the horrific things Vikings did on the raids. The next stop was in a land known as Permia. It was in an area of northern Russia, to the east of Finland. I'll put a map on the discussion post. There, the ships anchored near an island just off the coast of modern-day Russia, and Odd took the smaller boats and went ashore with his foster brother, Osmond. But this really wasn't a village full of normal people they could just plunder. This was a strange place. They snuck inside the city, but they couldn't understand the language at all. Carefully, they found their way to a longhouse, bustling with music and merriment. Looking in, they saw something Bizarre. Gathered around the tables, eating, drinking, and singing were all manner of creatures. Men and women, of course, but also giants, trolls, and others. Hiding in the darkness outside, Odd could see a serving man who was a human and looked like he could be a fellow Norseman. Odd decided to take a risk and slunk back into the shadows, waiting for the serving man to get near the doorway. When he did, Odd sprang up behind the serving man, grabbed him, and pulled him bodily above his head. Odd made scary noises, and yelled to everyone at the feast that their serving man had been captured by a troll. Because Odd was a troll. Roar. Since Odd didn't look anything like a troll, and they didn't understand him saying he was a troll, and there were actual trolls in attendance at the feast, everyone attacked. Unfortunately for the locals and the serving man, Odd used the hostage as an improvised weapon, holding his attackers at bay by whipping the serving man back and forth, until running off into the dark woods with him. He threw the serving man down when he was sure the Permians weren't following him, and he told the man that he knew the serving man could speak Norse. The serving man, deciding not to try and fool someone who could use him as a weapon, admitted that he could. He thanked Odd for freeing him. He had been captured and pressed into service by the Permians, and he had been here for years. He told Odd that the Permians kept a mound just a little ways inland, full of silver for their dead. Nothing could be more horrible than taking that, and it would also make Odd very rich. Since getting rich and indiscriminate desecration of things that other cultures hold sacred are pretty high up on the Viking to-do list, Odd decided to try this out. He returned to the ships and dropped off the serving man, before commanding the largest and strongest crewmen to carry as much silver as possible from the burial mound. They unearthed the silver, and were surprised to find more than they ever thought possible. And, walking back with their loot, they were even more surprised, to see an angry mob running up behind them. They jumped off the road, into a forest. It was then that Odd realized that, despite going into enemy territory to desecrate a burial site, he left his bow and magic arrows back at the ship. He used his axe to cut a club from the tree, and waited for the mob. But then, the mob stopped, and the serving man walked out to the forefront. He had given Odd's brother and cousin the slip, and went and the Permians of what Odd was doing. Now, this mob just wanted to trade with Odd. Odd should just come back to their village with all of his men. You know, maybe leave your weapons behind too. Odd looked at the serving man. Really? No, we're not doing that. It's obviously a trap. The serving man shrugged and said, well, he tried, and ran back to the Permians, who attacked en masse. Odd and his Viking friends held their ground with what weapons they had. And eventually, the Vikings chased off the Permians with only a few losses from their small band. And they rowed back to the main ship with the sacred silver. Having seen the army, though, they didn't want any more trouble. They got their treasure, so they just wanted to leave. They loaded the silver on their Viking ships and sailed off. Unfortunately, though, sailing further down the coast, the Vikings encountered an extreme storm. They correctly deduced that it was a result of the silver they had stolen they dumped the silver pieces overboard. And since dumping it overboard was not taking it back to its rightful place, they found that the storm did not stop. Seeking safety in a small harbor and an island off the coast, they beached their ships and began exploring. Og killed a bear, and since they had time before the storm stopped, he decided to stuff it and set it up there on the coast. They stayed there for days until, on the mainland across the water, they saw another strange sight. There on the coast, men, dwarves, trolls, and giants gathered together around a large fire. Figures were coming from miles around, and Odd had an idea. He took one of the rowboats and made his way quietly to the mainland. Donning his cloak to hide his face, he heard a giant addressing the group. The giant apparently spoke Norse and said that some little children had desecrated a burial site and were squatting on that island there. Odd knew that they were talking about his Vikings, The chief asked for volunteers to go exterminate the invaders. A giantess spoke up, saying that she would be glad to do so. Odd looked at her. She was perhaps 30 feet tall and monstrous. Odd had to warn his Vikings immediately. Odd made it back to the island, but only just in time. He could see, in the twilight, a giantess wading across the narrow channel between the island and the mainland. She was massive and swaying with each step, but she didn't go for the men. She went for their ships, picking them up by the prows, and shaking them so much that they were about to fall apart. Odd improvised, and ran to the large, stuffed bear that he had killed earlier, and left on the beach. The creatures weren't afraid of the men. Odd had to give them something unknown to be afraid of. So he lined up his arrow behind the bear's head, and shot one of his magic arrows through the bear's mouth, toward the giantess. She tried to catch the gold-feathered arrow with her hand, but it went right through her palm, through her eye, and right out through the back of her head. Odd did this with a second arrow as well. The giantess, and yes, she was still alive, fled back across the channel, telling of the Viking teddy bear that could spit arrows, and who was holding the island for the Vikings. There was a bit of a stalemate then, and a giant chief in Permia could see the future. He knew of Odd, the son of grim, hairy cheeks, and he knew that the man would live for 300 years, so he probably wouldn't die anytime soon. The chief sent an envoy to make peace with the Viking leader. Odd and Asmund went to see the giants. The giants invited them to a feast, and Odd was seated next to the chief and his wife. The giant told Odd that he was destined to leave this place, so the giants wouldn't fight it. He would give Odd favorable weather. Hey, the giant added, nice magic arrows. I'm going to give you a nickname here that you'll go by for the rest of your life. From this day forward, you'll be Arrow Odd. Because your name is Odd, and you have cool arrows. Oh, you don't need to show me. I can see them just finding your quiver. Yeah, nice bow too, and really, you don't need to give me a demonstration. Yeah, that point looks sharp, but why are you stringing the arrow? I, I know how bow and arrows work. oh Uh-oh. Arrow Odd wasn't about to flee from the giants just because this woman was asking him to leave. He shot an arrow right at the giant leader's head in the middle of the feast. Unfortunately for Odd, the giant dodged it. Fortunately for Odd, no one else saw Odd shoot the arrow. So when the giant leader dodged it, his head slammed right into his wife's. Not one to take any violence from her husband, she punched him in the face. The husband struck back, and half of the giants in attendance at the feast took the male giant's side, and the other half the female giants. It erupted into a full-on brawl, and Odd and his foster brother, Osmond slipped out safely, though not before Odd fired two of his magic arrows into the eyes of the giant chieftain. Odd and Osmond returned to the ships and gathered everyone together to go home. For the next several days, however, they had absolutely terrible weather. The giant's blessing not really holding up, given his multiple arrows to the head. They raided more to kill time, and finally returned home with a respectable sum. Arrow Odd's reputation as a giant slayer, or at least a giant maimer, preceded him. Already, he was growing into a legend in his own time. As a quick note, too, that was sort of a glib way to talk about Arrow Odd's name. But all the versions of the story I could find say essentially that. I've also found that arrow odd could mean arrows point. So that gives it a bit more weight than just saying his name was such because he had cool arrows. We'll learn that the past doesn't stay there, even for a legendary Viking, and that this raid on Permia will be the thing on which he will build his legacy. It will also be the thing that will destroy his world and bring him immeasurable pain. Right after this. Do you want to live like a medieval king or queen and have great books read to you? Well, Audible.com is the perfect way to do just that. They provide over 250,000 titles from publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. And you can listen to the books wherever. Their app is free, and it works on iPhones, iPad, Android, Windows Phone, Kindle Fire, and over 500 MP3 players. And with Audible, you own the books. So you can access your books anywhere and anytime, right from your smartphone. Also, if you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title, anytime, no questions asked. I became an Audible subscriber years ago, and I've listened to a few books by them, like The Stand from Stephen King, which was a great value at 47 hours long. I've also listened to Doom by Frank Herbert and others. As someone who reads from a script now for a living, I'm always impressed by how good the professional narrators are. Also, I looked into it, and some of them actually have actors that read the books. I found that Ian Holm, the actor who played Bilbo in the Lord of the Rings movies, is a narrator on an audiobook version of Lord of the Rings. And, perhaps way too appropriately, Aidan Gillen, the actor who plays Littlefinger on Game of Thrones, narrates The Art of War by Sun Tzu. For listeners of this podcast, audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audible.com myths today to start your free trial. Again, you can show your support for this podcast and get a free 30-day trial at audible.com myths. A year or two later, Arrow Odd was sailing for Sweden. He had turned his attention from killing helpless villagers to killing other Viking leaders and absorbing their men and ships into his raiding party. I had a joke lined up where Odd was like the Dexter of Viking leaders, killing other Vikings instead of peasant populations. And while he kind of was, they all were around this time. They raid villages, but at least in these stories, it seems like they devote more time to fighting each other. Like the non-seafaring populations were just resources they competed over. Anyway... Odd's ranks now swelled into the hundreds, and he heard of two remaining powerful Viking leaders, named Jalmar and Thord. Making their way to Sweden, Odd, his foster brother Osmond, and their Vikings saw the fires of Jalmar and Thord on the beach. And they decided to try and make this a quick battle. From the darkness of the ocean, Odd and his men uttered their war cry and waited for the other Vikings to flee. The opposition didn't run when they heard the Viking war cry of Ero Odd but calmly continued playing their games. Odd smiled. Maybe he had finally found someone who would be a challenge. The next day, Odd and his men came ashore to Sweden, and walked up to the camps of Yalmar and Thord, ready for battle. The two Viking leaders weren't surprised, and asked Odd how many ships he had. Just five? That's cute. We have 15, they scoffed. Okay, we can have 10 of our ships sit this one out, but we all need to fight man to man here. Everyone agreed that this was reasonable, and they commenced with fighting to the death. But it was a stalemate. As the sun was setting, Odd met with Yalmar and Thord. Same time tomorrow? They agreed, and everyone went to bed. The next day, they fought to a stalemate again, and again, took the night off. On the third night, just as the battle was about to start, Thord said, Wait, you guys have a lot of treasure, right? Odd looked at him. No, we don't have anything. It's been a bad summer. Odd looked at them and their many ships and said, You guys have a lot of money though, right? Thord laughed. Us? No. Not at all. Wait, why are we fighting? This is a huge waste of time when we could be out there pillaging. Is this just to see who's stronger? Odd and Yalmar nodded. We are so dumb, Thord said. You know what we should do? We should pool our resources. Instead of fighting each other, we should just have a massive raiding party of 20 ships and thousands of people. Odd and Yalmar looked at each other and shrugged. Okay, they came to the conclusion that if two days of straight fighting didn't answer the question of who was stronger, many more days wouldn't be especially decisive. The men, likely breathing a sigh of relief that they wouldn't be fighting to the death again today, greeted their former adversaries as their new comrades. Yalmar had a few house rules for his raiding, though. Good guy Yalmar didn't rob peasants or merchants, except sometimes. He definitely didn't ever rob women, though, and it was law among his men, that women shouldn't be brought to the ships, unless they wanted to come. Anyone who carried off a woman against her will would be put to death. Also, and this was super important for some reason, no one was allowed to eat raw meat. As was apparently a habit of Vikings, men would squeeze raw meat in a bit of cloth, and call it cooked. And that was that. No robbing or raping of peasants, and most importantly, no eating of raw meat. It's gross, guys. Odd said that he could live with those laws, and they joined forces. And over the course of their raiding, Odd, Yalmar, and Thord became closer than brothers. And together they pillaged and became rich. They spent the winter with a king in Sweden, and then traveled across the sea to Scotland, and raided and burned lands until the people paid them to stop, as was a custom at the time. They sailed to the Orkney Islands... And if that name sounds familiar, well, it's where our old friend King Lot ruled in the Arthurian legends, roughly 500 years prior. They stayed there through the winter and then went pillaging throughout Ireland. Now, a number of things happened here. Osmond, Odd's foster brother, took an arrow to the chest while they were walking through a forest in Ireland. This was a rough loss for Odd, as Osmond was someone with whom he had grown up on that small island farm. Odd had taken Osmond from his home, and now he had been killed in a foreign land. As the life faded from his brother's eyes, Odd thought about the prophecy of the witch, the one that had caused him to leave his home. Osman had died young, she was right about that, and he had gained more renown and glory than he ever could have hoped for. Prophecy or no, though, someone had committed this murder, and Odd flew into a rage and killed many, many people before a woman convinced him to stop, saying she'd make a magical shirt for him if he came back in exactly one year. He did stop, and he did come back, He gained the magical shirt that, like the scabbard for Excalibur, meant that he wouldn't lose any blood or take serious injuries while he wore it. Odd married the woman who made him the magical shirt, and he stayed in Ireland for three years, his Vikings protecting Ireland from the other Vikings. He and his wife had a daughter, but Odd left both the baby and his wife when the Vikings went raiding in England, killed a king, and headed back to Norway. In Norway, Odd's past will finally catch up with him, right after this. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for cool geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. Basically, if you enjoy listening to a podcast about myths and legends that makes probably too many unabashedly nerdy references, check out Loot Crate. It's less than $20 a month, and you get 4 to 8 things that include apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and even licensed things from franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, Doctor Who, The Legend of Zelda, and others. Loot Crate is more than just a subscription service, though. It's an entire community of fans that share their experiences with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. And Loot Crate guarantees $40 in value in each crate, and sometimes it's a lot more. Every month there's a different theme, and everything is curated around that theme. It's May, so that means there's a new box coming out. The onslaught of big summer blockbusters makes this the perfect time to celebrate some of pop culture's unstoppable, unrelenting, and unbeatable characters and things. In the May box, there's something you can carry, something for your kitchen, and a cool figure to go with a monthly t-shirt and pin. This box will have Marvel items, plus Warcraft and Dragon Ball Z, making this crate more powerful than a Viking warrior wearing a shiny magic shirt. You only have until May 19th, at 9pm Pacific, to subscribe and receive this month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So go to lootcrate.com legends and enter code LEGENDS to save $3 on your new subscription today. Figuratively resting on his laurels, and literally resting, Odd was lying on a beach in Norway. He had 10 ships nearby, and he and his Vikings saw 20 Viking ships with black awnings approaching. Seeing as they had just killed nearly everyone of any renown, they weren't really worried about the incoming Vikings. They became slightly more concerned, as the opposition began getting into smaller rowboats off every ship, and even more concerned when they landed on the beach, and did not want to talk. Odd... Thord, and Yalmar barely reached their weapons in time, and it was the hardest fight of their lives. Though their fellow crewmen rushed to their aid, only a small force of Vikings had been relaxing on the beach. The attackers were too strong, and Odd's men ran to the escape boats. Only two boats made it out alive, and the two boats fled for their lives. In their escape, they came upon two ships bearing the same black awnings. Yalmar voted to pass subtly by without saying a word, but Odd wouldn't have it. That would be too cowardly. Instead, he called out to the pair of ships, asking who was in charge. And he heard laughing. He is called Ogmund, the voice said. And the man threw back the canopy. And I am he. Odd, who in his storied life had seen many things, gasped when he saw Ogmund. He was a large man, if you could even call him that. And all that Odd could see on his face was his teeth and his eyes. He had one sole tuft of black hair sitting directly above his forehead, and around him were seven others who looked just like him. Wow, Odd said, I've never seen an uglier looking man. And who's this that finds fault with me, Ogman said. Odd's the name. The smirk on Ogman's face faded, and he looked at Odd intensely. The same Odd that went to Permia a long, long time ago? The very same, Odd said, proud of his legacy of having sunk the silver, cursed the area to storms, and having started a deadly brawl at the feast. I've spent most of my life looking for you, Ogman said. And what do you have in mind, Og questioned. At this point in his life, he was used to enemies, whoever they were, coming for him. He rolled his eyes. This Ogmund, though ugly, was nothing new. Where do you want to fight, by land or by sea, Ogman challenged. Cutting right to it then, Odd thought. Very well, he said, by sea. Ogman's face curled into a smile. He looked at Odd like a hungry animal, as the seven men who looked like him commanded the other ships. The four ships, two led by Odd and two led by Ogmund, clashed together. Ogman immediately leapt aboard Odd's ship, and began stabbing at him with his spear. His relish turned to rage when he saw that, somehow, his spear wasn't piercing the Viking's shirt. Ogmund's seven ugly friends spread out among Odd's Vikings and cut them down, while Thord, Yalmar, and a small group of men cut down Ogmund's Vikings. Odd kicked Ogmund off of him, got to his feet, and was surprised when, trying to stab downward at the man or whatever he was, Odd couldn't pierce his skin with his long knives. Ogmund pushed Odd away, and the creature jumped back to his own ship, and his own Vikings continued aboard Odd's ship. Soon, it was just Odd. Yalmar and Thord back to back to back, fighting off Ogman's men. All of their own Vikings were dead. Soon, it was just the trio, and Ogman and his seven ugly friends, but the creatures stepped back off the ship, and onto their own. Odd didn't know why, but Ogman and his friends were leaving. He would have yelled at them to come back and face him, but looking at himself surrounded by hundreds of dead men, he didn't really want them to come back. Odd, Yalmar, and Thord, the three sworn brothers, relaxed their arms. The enemy was gone, but what had happened? In a day, they had lost nearly half of their Vikings, and they didn't even know their attackers. They couldn't even pilot the ship to the shore. They had to anchor it and take the small rowboat. The three commanders just sat in stunned silence as they rowed ashore, hearing only the gentle waves lapping against the side of the boat. They still had ten ships nearby, and Yalmar volunteered to go get them. Night was falling and they built a fire odd went to go find more firewood and thord stayed where he could keep an eye on the ships docked out in the bay odd was eager for the fire as he walked back to their little camp it was basically fall and there was a chill in the air he was surprised when returning he didn't even see the small campfire glowing near the coast he just saw a smoldering pile of ashes. He called Thord's name, and that's when he noticed the blood littering the ground. He pulled out his bow and magic arrows, ready for a fight. His eyes scanned the tree line, but then he saw that the blood wasn't random, but formed a path. By the fact that Thord hadn't responded, Odd suspected the worst. His suspicions were confirmed when, following the blood to the trees, he saw Thord's cold corpse double over. Odd felt his friend. He guessed that he'd been dead almost since Odd left. He pulled his friend back to the fire and saw the black spear that had been driven through his back and out through his stomach. It had obviously been a surprise attack, and Thor had tried to crawl away before succumbing to his injuries. Odd knew who had done it. The spear was the same one Ogmund had tried to kill him with earlier that day. Someone doesn't thrust a spear at your chest half a dozen times without you being able to pick it out of a lineup. Worse, Ogmund had robbed Thord, he had taken the rings off the man's hand, it was disgusting and shameful, more of a trophy than anything, Odd quietly built up the fire, alone, when Yalmar returned with the rest of their men, they cremated their sworn brother, and scattered his ashes on the water, going back to the ships, they didn't say it, but both of them were thinking it, who was Ogmund? As we know, Odd had left Permia in a near-complete disarray. Storms ravaged the land, the silver was gone, and the brawl that Odd had sparked at the feast spilled out into the streets, and soon fires and fighting destroyed much of the region. The king of Permia knew that they must find someone to take revenge for the land, but no mere person could do it, as Odd had even bested the giants. To fight this viking monster, they must do something far more monstrous. Of course, That involved sleeping with an ogress. The king and some of his men went to the forest, and found a large ogress, named Grimhild, though not the Grimhild we saw in the Volsung episodes. Seriously though, if you ever meet a Grimhild in real life, just run the other way. The ogress was massive, and had the head of a woman, but the further down you got in her body, the more animal-like she became, with large talons, and a thick T-Rex-like tail. It said that they filled her up with magic. However, that worked, and the king slept with her. Together, they conceived Ogmund. We've already talked about what he looked like, but he was enchanted from birth. He was raised with an intense hatred for Arrow odd the man that had come and destroyed their land. They drilled it into the head of young Ogmund that it was his destiny to kill Odd and avenge his people. At seven, he was already the size of a normal man and several times stronger, and he was sent away to Finland to learn magic and sorcery. Upon returning, he found that his land had, again, been conquered by Vikings. This group hadn't completely destroyed Permia, just demanded tribute. Ogman found the intruder's ships and joined the crew. He learned all about sailing and raiding villages. He spent five years under the tutelage of this Viking leader, and the leader even cared for Ogman so much that he didn't demand a tribute from Permia. In addition, he was planning to make this monstrous troll his adopted son. Ogman played the part until he felt he had learned enough. And then, one night, he went into the Viking leader's quarters on the ship and stabbed him to death. He tried to hide it too, which was especially bad. If you've listened to the Volsung episodes, you know that, as a Viking, you could kill people. You could even murder them. There wasn't actually a distinction between murder and manslaughter. You just couldn't do it in secret and you had to pay the wear Guild afterward, or the hefty man price, for killing someone. It was a fine. Murdering someone, and then trying to hide it, was a very shameful thing to do. Throw in some father figure betrayal, and you can see the type of person that Ogman was said to be. His land, Permia, had some baggage when it came to Viking conquerors, so I can kind of see why he didn't want to serve under one. Of the leader's 18 ships, Ogman took just two, that were fully outfitted, and dispersed the others. Ogmund went home a hero, and he was strengthened with witchcraft and sorcery, so that ordinary weapons couldn't hurt him. For days, people performed dark rituals over him, so that he was powerful unlike anything on earth. Then, he went off in search of the man he was raised to hate, Arrow Odd. He conquered other Vikings as he traveled west, until, after a few years in the water, he finally heard a rumor that Odd was back from England, and that he was in Norway. After the battle and angry that it had ended in a tie, Ogman had returned in secret, but found only Odd's sworn brother, Thord. Not wanting to miss an opportunity to add a little bit of pain to Odd's life, he shoved a spear through the man's stomach, and left. He would return for Odd, but for now, he was content to remain a specter of Odd's destructive past, haunting the fringes of his awareness. After years of unmitigated success, tragedy followed Odd after this first confrontation with Ogmund. He and Yalmar, the only other commander he had left, fought Viking berserkers, and Yalmar fell too. Such was the life and death of a Viking warrior. Something changed for Odd after he met Ogmund. His sworn brothers Yalmar and Thord were dead, and his number of ships vastly reduced. Still, he and his Vikings sought Ogmund everywhere, ...but they couldn't even find mention of the monstrous troll. Also, as a quick note, the Norse sagas aren't remarkably consistent... ...when it comes to denoting the differences between giants, ogres, and trolls. They shouldn't be considered the same thing, though. Giants and ogres are distinct types of beings. We've talked about the giants, or the Jatnar... ...and the ogres are like an in-between creature between giants and men. They are abused and mistreated by the giants... ...and as such, they abuse and mistreat men... Trolls, in some cases, are their own creature, but in others, like in the case of Augment, are just a term for a supernatural creature that's evil and abnormally strong and ugly. Odd felt cursed. He continued to lose Vikings and friends until his forces were finally crushed and he was captured. He managed to escape, but only with his life, and he met up with his biological brother, who took him in. Otto was baptized on the condition that he didn't need to change his life at all, and his brother tried to keep him there. But he slipped out one night, with barely any provisions. He remembered the prophecy from when he was young, that he would live for 300 years. He finally understood the tragedy in it, though. He might live, but he would need to watch everyone around him die first. Not only that, but he seemed to curse those around him, and hasten the deaths of those closest to him. He wandered the wilderness of Scandinavia alone, he did this for years. Odd's life, though solitary, wasn't boring, and he eventually found his way to Jotunheim, or the land of the giants, where he was mistaken for a little baby and allowed to sleep in the room of the daughter of the giant prince. They fell in love, and she became pregnant with his son. Odd was leaving, but he told her to send him his way when he turned 10, much in the same way Kukulin did. Leaving Jotunheim, Odd was living off the land again, in the forests, when he ran into a famed Viking leader in the woods. The Viking knew Odd by the sight of him, and the leader was saddened by how much Odd had fallen. Furthermore, Odd learned that, in the years of his absence, Ogmund was only growing in power. He was defeating other Viking leaders, and he had grown to the point where people were saying that he was better than Odd, Yalmar, and Thord had been in their heyday. Worse yet, Ogmund... Tiring of searching under every rock himself for Odd, let his mother loose in England to try to find and destroy Odd. Odd shook his head. Ogmund's existence was his fault, and it was shameful to keep hiding out and living the life of a vagabond, no matter what Odd's justification. He finally had to do something about this troll. Since Odd didn't have any Vikings working for him anymore, he presented no threat to the leader who had found him in the woods so the stranger invited him to join his band. Odd agreed. He took the pledge to become Blood Brothers, and the captain, named Redbeard, asked Odd where he wanted to go. Odd had been wandering for too long. He wanted to strike a blow at Ogmund. He wanted to go to England. They'd been off the coast of England for weeks, and Odd was sleeping in one of the ships during the day, while a group was raiding and swimming just in Just then, they heard a horrifying roar inland, and Odd snapped wide awake. Amid the sounds of manly Viking screams somewhere in the forest, Odd ordered his men to row closer to shore, but when they finally reached land, there was only silence. Suddenly, they heard someone breathing heavily, and one of their Viking crewmen emerged from the forest, stark naked, and gripping his clothes. They had been swimming after all. His toe caught a rock the wrong way though, and he went sprawling onto the sand. Then they heard the crunching of sticks, an undergrowth. Something big was coming their way. They couldn't see what it was through the trees. Just two massive talons shooting from the tree line, hooking the fallen Viking through his back. The man screamed as he was dragged back into the forest, but his screams were brief. Odd's crew started rowing frantically back out to sea, when Odd himself jumped off the ship, his bow and magic arrows in hand. They had found her. It was Ogmund's mother, and the time had come for him to kill her. That's it for this week. Next week, we'll finish the story, and we'll see Odd continue to try to escape the consequences of his past. The fight between Odd and Ogmund will stretch out through the centuries. We'll also see if that witch with a bloody nose was right, in saying that Odd's favorite horse would kill him. I want to say thanks to Bethany P, Robin K, Kimberly L, Brian B, Jamie K, Grace T, Christian C, Deanna G, Alexandra C, Ryan B, Whitney L, Veronica V, Rachel B, Jennifer K, Joanne S, Ryan B, Luke R, Zachary S, Catherine Z, e, Molly H, Wendy B, Jonathan B, Alicia B, Kyra R, Connor S, and Darren C. for becoming members on the site in March of 2016. Really, thank you. It means so much. And it is a huge and amazing help to keep the show weekly and free. Also, there's a membership thing on the site. For less than the price of an inflatable beard, you can support the show and get extra episodes and source-back ebooks that won't make your face sweat and get you weird looks on the bus. If you're interested, check out support.mythpodcast.com. And also, just a quick announcement, the anniversary episode is being postponed from this Friday. It's definitely happening, but it'll take an extra couple of weeks. I've been getting some good questions and different readings on the stories, so I want it to be a good full episode. And that means there's more time. So if you have a different take on the stories, or if you have any questions you want to ask, just let me know. The creature this week is the Drac, from English and French folklore, and the Draquet from Scottish folklore. They are water creatures. Special thanks to Luke and Siobhan for up with the pronunciation for this one these creatures can shapeshift into gold cups and rings, or the somehow equally enticing wooden plate, and they'll float on top of the water. If you grab at the gold or wooden plate, watch out, because the creature will turn back into its original form, and might just pull you in. I say might, because they target an incredibly specific demographic. Basically, they only grab lactating women. They will grab the woman and pull her under, taking her to the underwater fairy kingdom, and the creature will make her spend up to seven years breastfeeding its children. They can assume human form, but only really seem to do it to visit the market and do some light shopping. Their true form is a large purple blob floating on the surface of the river. If you want the gold, you just have to say a blessing over it, and the Scottish version of this creature will be trapped in the form it took, and you'll get to keep your gold, or wooden plate. Another way to avoid this creature? Don't grab at gold that somehow floats on top of the water. So yeah, Sorry, it just became more dangerous to grab at gold rings and rivers, even if you're not fishing with your friend Smeagol on his birthday. That's it for this week. The theme song is by the band Broke for Free, and the Creature of the Week music is by Steve Combs. Links to other music I used are in the show notes, and there's a discussion post on the site for this story. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.